Welcome to the Message Podcast from Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe for updates and new episodes. You can find us on most major podcast outlets. Visit cotnaz.org for more info. Our worship services stream weekly on Sundays at 9 a.m. on YouTube and Facebook Live. You can also find our live stream at cotnaz.org. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have a campus near Harrisonburg at 1871 Boyers Road. We also have a campus in East Rockingham at 414 South East Side Highway in Elkton. In addition, our Spanish-speaking campus meets on Sundays at 11.45 a.m. at that same 1871 Boyers Road location. Check out our website, cotnas.org, for more info. Uh, as we continue in our teaching series this morning, uh, looking at what we believe, we come to uh, the topic, what may be the key distinctive of the Church of the Nazarene. This is the belief that probably causes the most pushback or the, the most resistance when it's discussed. Uh, it can sometimes be misunderstood or we come across or being labeled as radical or sometimes self-righteous even. And you might already be wondering, what on earth is he about to say? Uh, you might be thinking, oh my goodness, I knew this was a cult. Look, just relax, okay? Just relax. There's no rattlesnakes in any of these cages. There will be no swinging from the chandeliers today, okay? So, so just exhale. And I can promise you, if there's any snakes around here, I'm out. Like, y'all going to need to find your own new pastor. I'm out. So we don't do that. So what is it? Like, what, what's, what's the belief that causes a pushback or maybe even puzzled looks? It's It's simple. And it's complex, but we believe this. We believe what the scriptures say, that in and through Christ Jesus, it is possible to live in freedom from the grip of sin. That's what we believe. In all its simplicity, in all its complexity, that's it. We believe that in and through Jesus, it's possible to live free from the grip of sin. So what's the big deal? Like, why does that cause a stir? Why does that cause pushback? Well, we believe that truth. Then that means we don't believe the old saying that goes a little something like this that says, I can't help but sin in word, thought, and deed or action every day. We don't believe that. We don't believe that. You see, there's an idea in that old saying that sin is something unavoidable. That, that sin is something that we are, are tasked to try to manage. So our lives consist of, of this experiment of sin management. And that there's no freedom there. But we just don't believe that. We believe that Jesus' atoning work on the cross provides freedom from that struggle. Freedom. And so I would imagine for some of you right now, you're already going, eh about that you get that urge to push back a little bit you see because I I think I think when we say something like oh I I just can't help but sin in 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 what I say and what I think and what I do see I think when we say that we feel like we're being humble right but what are we really saying about what Jesus accomplished on the cross for us if we're saying that I just can't help but sin what does it really say about the cross 
You see, we just don't buy that life, that that continual bondage to sin is all that there is to offer. Uh, We know that there are no whole denominations that teach that we're stuck in sin, but we just don't buy that. We just don't buy that. And so that's where we're headed, and there's something else I, I need you to know about the Church of the Nazarene is that we believe the Scriptures. We believe the scriptures. We believe that the scripture, the word of God, flawlessly reveals God's plan and his purposes for our lives, for our salvation, our redemption, our life in him. We believe that message is is flawlessly communicated to us through the scripture. So so what that means, how, how that shows up is that we believe those scriptures. When it's when when the apostle John writes in 1 John 1, we believe what he says. He says in verse 8 there, he says, If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves, and a truth is not in us. I just want to say, yes, absolutely we believe that we have a sin problem. But let's keep going. He says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us. Again, yes, thank you, Jesus, that we can find forgiveness in him. Yes. He says he is faithful and just and will forgive us. He will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Did you pick up there that he brought a second work of grace in? That there's an act of forgiveness, but there's also an act of purification. You see, he's unpacking that we will be forgiven and that our hearts will be changed or be a purifying there. And he continues in verse 10, he says again, if we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. He says, my dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. And so the whole purpose of what John's doing here, the whole purpose in his writing is that his readers will not sin in word, thought, and deed every day. And so, so if he's writing this, if that's his purpose, then it must be possible. It must be possible. He finishes there, and he says, but if, he doesn't say when, he says, but if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. John's clear in his writing here that the life for the normal Christian, the normal Christian life is meant to be lived free from the bondage of sin. And I just want to say today, we believe that. We believe that is true, that despite how we might feel, despite our pushback, that this is what the scriptures are teaching. This is the life that Jesus is calling his followers to, to be free of sin. We believe that. We believe that's the call, the walk of every follower of Jesus. And so, friends, if you're already a little anxious today, if you're already wanting to push back, I just want to invite you to exhale for just a minute. Exhale. Nobody's going to get hurt. I, I, I think, in fact, quite opposite of that, there, there's healing in this for some people. There's freedom in what Christ wants to do in your life today. And that alone's worth sticking around for. It's worth hanging in there. As you pulled off of 340 this morning, you pulled into the Church of the Nazarene. 
And we're in a series uh, looking at what we believe, examining those doctrines in the scriptures. And today we're in part three of our series, and we're going to see today that we believe in the power of God's grace to enable us to live a holy life free from the power of sin. More simply put, we believe in what is known as entire sanctification. Entire sanctification. Some of you might be very familiar with that term. Some of you have heard it just now for the first time. And I want to welcome you back to our teaching series, What We Believe. Uh, together, we're trying to get a clearer picture of the nature of our faith, of, of the doctrines of the church of the Nazarene, not just to gain knowledge that that's good and important, but we want to value the freedom and the joy in walking in the way of Jesus, of Nazareth. As we began our series, we began with him. You know, because if you're going to name your church uh, after Jesus of Nazareth, what you believe and what you say about him is going to matter the most. Because it's in him that everything rises and falls. It's in him where everything begins and ends. So what we believe about Jesus is of utmost importance. And last week, we looked at this idea uh, that God has made the first move. He has made the first move in calling us from death to life in him. And we look that it's up to him, that it's his grace that is calling us, that is enabling us to choose him. We believe in God's provenient grace. And today, as we continue, when we say uh, that we believe in entire sanctification, it's, we're exploring his grace more. Because you may remember last week I said God's grace is not compartmentalized. It doesn't end when we come to know him as our Lord and Savior. No, it continues. And so we're just trying to wrap our minds around the enormity of who he is and his grace and his mercy. We're just trying to get handles on that, to understand it, to see it, to be partakers in it. And so when we say that we believe in entire sanctification, we're saying that we believe in God's grace, that it is available and it's powerful to grow us and purify us in Christ's likeness. We believe that if we'll continue to say yes to Jesus, if we'll continue to lean into him, that he will purify our hearts, that he will fill us with his spirit's power to live a new life, a life that he desires. You say, okay, preacher, make this practical. Where does this show up? Why is this doctrine important in my life tomorrow? Well, have you ever noticed in your walk with the Lord that when you're trying to live right, you know, you, you come into church, you, you're reading the scriptures, you're praying, you, you're, you're trying to live right. Have you ever noticed that in those moments, that despite your best efforts, that there's something inside of you drawing you away? That there's desires within your heart that know you, you, you know you want to follow Jesus, but yet there's desires in your heart that, that still want to live the old life. Have you ever noticed that? You ever dealt with that, that struggle? You know, maybe, maybe that's about anger in your life. You know, maybe you know that Jesus is teaching uh, is to love your neighbor and to be gracious and merciful, and you know that, and you set out to try, but when somebody runs across you and crosses you, you, you just you want to fulfill that deep desire to get even. That struggle, right? And so you spout off, you have a tantrum, and immediately you know you have forsaken what you were trying to do following Jesus. You see, there's a desire there. Maybe it shows up in our sexuality that we understand the Christian sexual ethic is far different than what the world preaches and teaches. But so, so we step out and we understand that and we know that we're trying to live that, but yet we sense this desire that we would say needs fulfillment. 
And so we give in to those desires and we forsake that walk with Jesus and, and we know immediately that we have made a mistake. You see, that, that tension, that desire pulling us away, it can lead us to a million things. But where it leaves us is broken and guilty and defeated. I've been there. I know what that's like. It can feel like such a failure, like there's really no good news to this Jesus stuff, right? If you can relate to that struggle a little bit, I have a question for you today. I have a question. If, if it was possible by God's grace to be free from those desires of your heart, if it was possible for you to live totally obedient to Jesus, if that was possible, would you want to? Would you want to? You you see, uh, sometimes I think we, we like to keep sin around. But would you want to live differently? Would you want to give it all to him if that was possible? And be free from the power of sin? You can. You can. In Christ. Let's pray together. Lord, um, we have a sin problem. And so, Lord, we want to confess to you that we have a sin problem, Lord, that we need your healing, that we need your forgiveness, Lord. But we're seeing in the scriptures already that, Lord, we need you to cleanse our hearts. And, and so, God, uh, we're trying to put our minds, put human terminology around a divine work of grace and mercy. And so, Lord, we need your help today to hear you, Lord, to understand what's possible, to understand maybe even what's plaguing, what's sabotaging our walk with you. Oh, Jesus, will you come? We just want to serve you wholeheartedly, to be radical for you. Will you show us today, Lord? Oh, Jesus, search our hearts. Search our hearts. We need you, and it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Uh, I, I just, I just want to ask today that you not take my word for this. I, I wish that you had a better communicator today to talk about this beautiful truth. I'm not asking you today to take my word for it. I'm asking you to take his word for it. That we're going to unpack the scriptures. Will you open your heart to what he's saying? what he's calling you to. Um, As we begin to to try to put some handles on this thing to see what it's all about, I want to just begin with some terms. Let's clarify some terms so that we can have this conversation together going forward. Um, First, what is that desire in our heart? What is the source of that struggle, the pull towards sin and self that we constantly deal with? Friends, that's what we would call our sinful or carnal nature and we inherited that from our first parents in the garden when they chose to disobey God we take part in that disobedience and it's a heart condition 
You see, it's from the heart that all those outward manifestations of sin come. It's the energy, it's the motivator, it's the source, if you will, of all of those things. And that carnal nature, it's, it's opposed to the will of God. It's always focused on ourself and fulfilling what feels good or what we want to do. That desire is at a heart level, you see. It's that nature that causes us to disobey God even though we know we shouldn't. Our sinful or carnal nature. Next, what's, what's sanctification? That's a great big church word, right? What's sanctification? If you would go to Google, you're going to see something like the definition of making or declaring something holy. To make or declare something holy holier, you'll see that it will say the action or process of being freed from sin or to be purified. So when we say entire sanctification, we believe that by grace, by God's work, we are purified and freed from sin. It's in this act of grace of entire sanctification that God deals with that carnal nature, that inward war we always face that is sabotaging our ability to live the life of Christ that we desire. That's, that's what we believe, and it's a work of grace. In our article of faith, uh, it says this, and in our articles of faith are the, the 16 uh, key doctrines of the Church of the Nazarene, and its entire sanctification is number 10. And this is just a small excerpt. It says, uh, we believe that entire sanctification is that act of God, subsequent, or you could say following, regeneration. Being born again in him, following regeneration by which believers are made free from original sin or depravity and brought into a state of entire devotion to God and the holy obedience of love made perfect. You see, we believe that even after we come to the Lord, that after we've been saved and forgiven, that that carnal nature remains. And it's the source of the struggle And so when we say that we believe in God's grace and his ability and the power to sanctify us, we believe that what he did on the cross is enough to deal with the heart condition of sin. That's entire sanctification. That's it. And so we we can see that it is an act of God's grace, that it's something he has to work in and through us. So a question for us today might be, what's our part? We've looked at what he's doing. What's our part? What will our part be to to say, no, 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 I I just can't help but sin and we're thought and deed every day? Is that going to be our part? Or will we embrace his invitation to transformation and purity of heart? Will we embrace that? Friends, I'm here in this context today because of this idea. Of this idea. That God's power is sufficient to break the power of sin in your heart, to change you at a heart level. That's why I'm here. I I said I wanted you to take God's word for it, and so we're going to jump into Romans chapter 6. This is the Apostle Paul writing. He's urging believers to take action, to respond to this grace that is available. So Romans chapter 6, I want to begin in verse 10, and we're going to read through 13a, or the first half of verse 13 there. Verse 10, he says, the death that he, he's speaking about Jesus there, the death he died, he died to sin once and for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. It's Jesus. 
in the same way, in the same way, count yourselves dead to sin but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness. Now, Paul is pretty direct and to the point here that Christ has, has won. He has defeated the power of sin and death in the grave. He's defeated that once and for all and that we are free in him. And therefore, we're not obligated anymore to listen or to be a servant of those evil desires. We're really free. We're really free. Uh, last week, you know, it was a little warmer than it is today. Uh, last week, one of those evenings, I was sitting outside on our porch swing, uh, and it was dark, and I heard the rustling of leaves off just in the yard there a little bit, and uh, this really pitiful squeaking noise. Well, I, I always carry a flashlight, so I grabbed a flashlight and shined it out there to find this dude. Um, this is Luke. Uh, now, he looks cute and fuzzy and cuddly, but he's a savage, okay? He is a savage. He'll go from curled up on your lap to, like, dragging random dead animals into the house. He's a savage. So I look up, and this is what I see, except he has a mouse pinned down in the leaves. That's the squeaking. Well... I know mice eat car wires and everything else. I know this, but it is a mouse. I figured, okay, I'll give this one a chance, right? Let me extend some grace here. So I, I go over and I grab the cat and I hold on to him, but the mouse didn't leave. He's just, just, just locked in. Okay, that didn't work. So I take the cat and I walk him on over closer to the door, and I come back, and the mouse is just sitting there locked. And, and I, I get a little over there closer to him, and I'm shining a light on him like, dude, you better get out of here. And I know you're really wondering, like, this guy talks to mice? Sorry, okay? <laughs> I, was I was trying to help a brother out, okay? But I'm looking at him going, dude, you got to get out of here. Because you see, in that moment, that mouse was free. I had dealt with his captor. I had dealt with the one that was trying to oppress him. But that mouse needed to get up and bolt and live in the freedom that I had given him. That's Jesus. He has dealt with the captor of your soul. He has defeated the power of sin, death, and hell. And you are free. You just got to live in it. That's what Paul is saying. That's the response that he's calling us to. You see, he says that, that in light of this victory, in light of the reality of the victory that Jesus has won over the enemy, he, he says, count yourself dead to sin. Cut it off. Count yourself dead to sin. So we're, we're unresponsive to sin. Right? It's dead. We're unresponsive. We're completely out of touch with it. It's inactive. We're dead to those desires that serve to pull us away from the way of Jesus. Counting yourself dead to sin doesn't sound like I can't help but sin in word, thought, and deed every day. Those two ideas don't go together. He says count yourself dead to sin and at the same time, if you will, that's the negative we're counting ourselves dead to sin. He says count yourself alive to God in Christ Jesus. It's a both and there. He says, we're to remember that we have a new life to live. Thank you, Jesus. Boy, talk about good news for a Sunday. That's it. 
We've got a new life to live in Jesus, free of those desires. Because he has won the victory. He goes on and he says, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so you obey its desires. Those inner cravings, those inner struggles, that nature's not the boss anymore. It's been defeated. Don't let it rule or reign. How, how do these desires show up in our life, right? Like, again, let's, let's bring this back to practical. Um, have you ever shopped at Costco? Anybody? Okay. Have you ever made the mistake of going to Costco hungry? Oh, see, and that, uh, yeah, y'all know where this is headed. And I'm not talking about just a little hungry. I'm talking about, like, ain't eat all day hangry. Well, as soon as you step through them doors, Costco. Come on, I know I ain't the only one. My wife won't even let me go. But you see, you, you walk in there and there's that hunger, that desire. Like you have a list. You ha- you're trying to keep a budget, right? But, man, those samples, right? Whoa, they get you. I mean, they got three bean dip and they got them golden brown rotisserie chickens just spinning back here in the back. Whew. Costco. But I got a budget. I got a focus, budget. But you see, there's an inward desire there, right? And so that desire, that desire moves and it's pulling us. And so that desire, the next thing you know, we've, we've got the golden brown delicious rotisserie chicken. And man, that, that sample of three bean dip was awesome. So I went ahead and got that too. And I went ahead and, man, I might need a sandwich. So here's a three-gallon container of mayonnaise. Uh, well, I need to wash it all down. So let's have 60 packs of Pepsi. You see, in that moment, what was going on, that hunger cost us. We knew that we had a budget to keep. We knew we had a list, but there was something driving, compelling us to fulfill those desires. And that drive, that hunger within, caused us to do what we didn't want to do. We blew our budget. Five rotisserie chickens and a couple gallons of mayo. You see, that's, I'm trying to, just, to, to get our mind around this idea of the impact of a sinful nature in our lives. You see, we know what God desires. We know what his word says, but there's something in us that desires those samples of the world. And we give in, knowing we're blowing it. Man, I, I struggled with this so much when I was younger. Like, I I knew the Lord, and I knew what it was to know Him as my Lord and Savior. I knew I was forgiven. But there was something. I would just give in to the desires of a teenager. And every time you just feel guilt and despair and shame and hopeless. Man. Like, it, it, it didn't seem like there was any good news to this Jesus thing, but yet this struggle. And meant years later, fast forward, like when I came back to the Lord, I knew I didn't want to be there anymore because it's a life of defeat. I didn't understand it. I couldn't articulate it, but my heart cry was, Lord, do something different. I don't want to crawl to the cross, then sin, and have to come crawling back in guilt and shame to sin and disobey and have to crawl back. Lord, let it be something different. It's heart purity. 
That's this doctrine that we're talking about. It's real in your life. And power over sin. And when we, we get to this point of surrender, you know, we, we just say, Lord, I'm not ever crawling away from the cross. I just give you my all. It's that moment, friends, that his grace comes and purifies and fills us. We can live different. Sure, the, the samples of the world, the rotisserie chickens are still out there, but they don't have the same power because you're filled with his spirit. It's a death to self. You see, Paul said uh, elsewhere in Scripture, he says, I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, but Christ lives within me. That's this. It's a death to self. It's a turning away from sin. And it's a life to live in him. And that's where he goes in our Romans text. Let's let's pick back up there uh, in verse 13, the latter half. So, so he's began with this uh, death to self, this idea of, of it not being our master anymore. And this is where he goes. He says, but rather, offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life. And offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. For sin shall no longer be your master. Because you are not under the law, but under grace. And so what you see here is that this is a both and. It's a death to self, a turning away from sin, and it's a new life to live in him. It's a new life to live in Christ Jesus. What do you, what do you think about when you read that Paul says, offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness? Head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes, every part of you your home, your relationships, your career, your table. Offer every part. Offer every part as an instrument of righteousness. Radical. Radical. See, I... I think, I think sometimes we stop short of this part. You see, I, I, I think we stop short of this because we can sometimes, and, it, and, and it's grace, there's, this is all grace, but sometimes we, we can sense the urgency to deal with, with sin, right? Man, we, we might see that it's destruction or that it's, it's wreaking havoc or we understand from God's word, so we sense that need by grace, And so we want to deal with that, but we sometimes forget to turn and live a life fully obedient to Jesus, to find our life flow in him, to give him our all, to give him the good stuff too, to be used as an instrument of righteousness. It's a death to self and new life in Christ. When I said earlier that I'm here because of this idea What I had to let go of, part of my turning to life in him, was letting go of my plans for a future. I didn't have plans to be here. You see, I I was holding on to what I wanted to do. It was a perfectly good plan. I was going to be an electrician. 
But God had a different plan. And so I had to let that go. I had to let it go. Paul says, every part of yourself offered to him as an instrument of righteousness. You see, God's grace is leading us to offer all of ourselves to him, to allow him to purify our hearts, to fill us with his Holy Spirit, to die to sin and to live to him, to find that merger, the infilling of his spirit. Friends, it'll change the trajectory of your life for eternity. As the band begins to come, like, boy, I... I, I know some of the objections to this idea, right? Because, and one of the most fervent ones, and, I, and it's okay if you're thinking this, like let's go into conversation, but you're thinking, so what do you mean? You just never saying you're a perfect person? Not exactly. <laughs> I get it, because I have those questions too. You see, to be entirely sanctified does not mean we'll never make a mistake again. It doesn't mean that we live in this constant state of joy or ecstasy that, that we'll never face challenges again. We'll never be having to face suffering again. That, that's not this. It, it's, it's about the motivations of our heart, our heart posture towards Him. To be sanctified and purified happens in an instant, but we still have to learn to live that out. It does not mean we're instantly mature you know, if I brought Eliza over to your house and she found a crayon and wrote her name on your bathroom wall, I have a hunch that you would feel far differently about her doing that than me. Why? Because she hasn't matured yet. To be filled with his spirit's power, we're purified in an instant, but we still have to grow and mature. So no, no, I'm not saying that you're going to instantly be perfect and never make a mistake again. But your heart's changed. He's within you. He's got everything. The bad stuff, the not so bad stuff, and the great stuff, it's all his. You know, this is a journey. It's a moment in time, yes. There comes a point where you just have to say, Lord, this is the death to me. That's decisive. That's a moment. And and if you're even thinking about this today, that's God moving. That's God calling you to make that decision to respond to His grace and invite Him to fill you with His Spirit's power. And then every day, we're going to live this out. But you're living from a different place. You're a pure heart. You're not dealing with those desires anymore because it's Jesus at the very core of who you are. And friends, there's going to be days where you have to surrender 137 times. It's okay. Just keep saying yes. Just keep saying yes. But you see, there's, there's a power when he's within you. There's a power to living into the freedom that our captor has been dealt with. That's the invitation. So I have a question. 
Maybe it's the bottom line. If you were trying to boil all this down, I might put it this way. That yes, God has given you free will. And you can continue to choose to sin. You can. God's not into robots. He's into relationships. So you can continue to choose to sin, but friend, you know that there's a consequence to that. There's a consequence. Sin is an affront to a holy God. It's living death. But we can choose that. But why not choose freedom? Why not? What are you embracing that is so good that you won't totally let go of it to embrace Jesus? What is it? is it? You can sin if you want to. God's given you that choice. Why not choose freedom? Are you ready to say yes to him? Are you ready to give him Your good plans, your bad habits, whatever it is, whatever you feel like God's calling you to right now, will you, will you let it go? Friend, the gift of his presence is the most valuable thing on earth, and he's offering it to you. Will you say yes? Lord, um, will you come? Lord, we're, we're, we're trying to just understand. We're trying to put human terms to something that's beyond what we can understand. But Lord, you're inviting us into it, Lord. And so we want to say yes today. That all that is possible, Lord, all that you deem is possible on this side of eternity. Lord, we're looking forward to glorification. We're looking forward to heaven. And that'll be grace-filled too. Lord, we're looking forward to that day and time. But Lord, right here, right now, in this window of life that you have given us, we want all that you say is possible. Lord, will you show us the things that we're holding on to, how we continue to give that sinful nature power? Because, Lord, the, the truth is you've defeated it. Thank you, Jesus. You've defeated it. So it only has the power that we give it. God, show us those places. Lord, may we just sign on with an unconditional yes to you. Lord, have our hearts cleansed to receive power to live differently, to not live defeated. Oh, Jesus, will you come? We need you. 
we need you. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening today, please subscribe to this channel for updates and new episodes.